Thank you for joining us on another episode of Why Theory. As always, I am your host, Ryan Angley, joined, as always, by other coast. I, I just said coast as a, as, a, <laughs> as a combination. I am on a coast. You're not I a am co- on a coast. Well, well, I will be on another coast eventually. Uh, You'll be Todd, on another coast, I, right. Todd McGowan. Todd, how are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, Ryan. Good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you, too. So, um... Uh, before I leave the uh, the East Coast, we're um, doing this episode. Uh, this is a listener request uh, to talk about um, uh, the phenomenon of uh, incels or involuntary celibates. If you don't know what that is, we're going to get into it and explain it. Uh, and uh, misogyny and uh, male identity, I guess, might be another way of uh, putting it. This was part of the request. This is what the, the requester wanted us to get into. Right. 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 Yeah. And symbolic castration, uh, yes. Sort of yes, the yes, underlying the underlying, and this right. is what we'll what we'll get to. So, um, for yeah. for the um, uninitiated, awesome, like good for you uh, that that you don't that you don't know about this already, but we'll get into it. Um, so, the term uh, incels refers to so it's a uh, like I enjammed a co-host and to coast it's like kind of an enjambment of uh in, of two words involuntary celibates which means uh people who young men young white men uh who are not having sex or believe that women are purposely holding out sex on them because of uh their bad genes and 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 that they're being discriminated against by the entire world of the the, the good looking and uh, that I think for like a provisional uh, definition is I think like that that'll that'll work. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I think that the the key is that their that the looks which they have no control over are the source of their inability to have sex, right? That no right. one chooses to have sex then because of that. Yeah. yeah. And this, so we got this request several uh, weeks ago and um, really tragically, unfortunately, um, in Dayton, Ohio, there's a mass shooting in the United States because there is one seemingly every day because, uh, you know what we do? I don't know if you, since the two mass shootings, um, I'm t- I don't know if you've read this, Todd, but uh, Walmart has uh, taken down advertisements the video for, game advertisements for, but they have not stopped selling guns there you go that's it exactly <laughs> yep that's right War, universal yeah. pictures is not gonna show this movie the hunt we're gonna be out of sensitivity but um right. you know i think you should just you should sell all the violent media and not sell guns i think that probably solves the issue right well i mean shouldn't th- we should just look at japan which would be the <laughs> ultimate answer to that they have the most violent video games in the world yeah and they have no guns and they have like zero people killed uh, zero people murdered per year well so, you know and the, and it is a model that could be copied because it you can get a gun in japan it's very very hard right like i've like i've read about it's just it's very hard and very inconvenient and if you are caught just caught with a firearm that's not registered then like you go, you just immediately go to jail it doesn't matter if you did anything with it uh and it, it's a long sentence and it's like again it depends on what you care about. Like, what problem are you solving? Like, if you want to solve right. the problem of gun violence, then you would do those things. If you don't actually want to solve that problem, then of course you don't do any of those things. Right, and I actually think that the gun th- question is, act- is 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 right up the alley of the incel question. Like, I think they're not unrelated because I feel like both are, I think the gun owner at large, not, I mean, not every gun owner, but as such, the gun owner is is consumed with the problem of symbolic castration in yeah. the same way that the figure of the incel is. So I think that, and I, and I also think 
the gun owner fantasizes a figure of a figure replete with enjoyment that's going to come in and steal all their stuff or kill them or whatever. So I think I think it's interesting the way psychically the figure of the incel and the figure of the of the rabid gun owner really nicely yeah. align. And in the in the guy from Dayton, it it, it aligned it too much, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, well. Well. That's the that was the thing I was about to bring up about um, the the Dayton shooting is that it's very clear looking at this guy's like you know online activity that uh, that this is where his motive his motivation came from misogyny. I mean, he killed his sister and her boyfriend. That's like not a accident. That I don't think that that it's also his sister's like love partner, right. That was involved in that. I think that it's not too terribly hard to draw that line, but whatever, maybe, maybe that's, uh, maybe that's unfair, but the, there's enough, um, there's enough information to suggest like it's explicitly this sort of like, like incel, like based uh, misogyny that was at the root of that, um, attack. And that's not really, I, I haven't seen uh, like a lot of coverage. I like, I was, I've seen a lot. I saw. I've seen a lot of coverage on the on on both of the shootings, and I, I haven't seen that as 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 an angle. It's been pursued by like you know the ABC News and World Report. Like that's not like that's not been a part of it. Which I think it's um, it's certainly easier to talk about the Trump thing with the uh, the El Paso right. shooter because he like put that manifesto online like very very shortly before he he killed. Uh, many people. Um, and if there, if this, the Dayton shooter posted an incel manifesto, maybe it'd be easier for the news to feel like they could do it. But I actually think it points to, it's a lot easier for mainstream news to, um, like attack Trump than it is to attack this very active and important part of conservatism in the United States right now, which is this kind of misogyny uh that is sort of uh concretized in the in the incel uh like i don't know anyway what do you think about that do you think that's no i, th- I think that's exactly right i mean i think that it's the, the well i think it's harder to cover and or it's just not covered because it's so s- tied to the psyche yeah and the way that enjoyment is structured and i think that's a thing that you know like the the political question about immigration mm-hmm. that's also tied to the psyche and enjoyment, but it, it's not covered in that way. Like yeah. it's not covered in this. And, but I think in the case of the incel figure, it would have to be covered that way yeah. because it's so explicit. It's so, it's not, it's so explicitly about, I mean, it seems to me like it's explicitly about the others, the figure, the others enjoyment and how I'm being deprived of that enjoyment right. that I feel like I should by all rights have access to yes. because the other has access to it. Right. And so yeah. I find that that to me is a fascinating part of the structure of the incel that not only like I think most people when they talk about this they want to say like no one has a right to have sex. Right. And I I think that's fair enough. I think that's mm-hmm. probably true. Yeah. But the, what I would add to it is the the problem isn't just the feeling that they have the right to have sex. The problem is that they the the fantasy of this other who really is enjoying. Mm-hmm. And I, I was talking about this before, like when I was a little boy, not that little, but when I was in high school, when I, when I first started high school, mm-hmm. I would, I would walk, this is before I ever had sex, I would walk around and I looked at everyone and I said, oh my God, or not everyone, but I say, oh, I, I feel like that person has had sex and the whole world is just different for them. Sure. Like they just, they see the lunchroom different than I do. They see every, like they look at, they eat lunch differently than everything is different. Yeah. But then once I had sex, I was like, eh, 
Well, that was nice. It was fun, but yeah. but uh, I don't look at the, my lunch any differently. So, and I feel like that that image of the non this this non lacking enjoyment that's tied to having sex is what the incel is invested in, and yeah. I, I feel like that's the thing. So that's the thing that really is the corrosive part of the of the incel phenomenon. Yeah. There, there's, there's so much in here. I, um, I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead in our, um, like pers- pursuing this logic, but I do want to say that like, there is also, and then I want to kind of pull, pull it back. So we're going to move forward and then I'm going to pull, uh, pull back the conversation a little bit. There is something about the position of the psych, uh, the psychotic in the incel because, I, and you'll, you will often see this online, which is that like the media, there's all kinds of TV shows and movies where unattractive men are having all kinds of sex with beautiful women, like, uh, uh, King of Queens, like Kevin James has, is, is just an o- overweight, obese guy. And maybe he's a right. little bit funny, but he has a smoking hot wife. And like, this is all over the place and the media is, and it's, and it's sort of like, Casablanca. Casablanca. We were talking about that, like you know Humphrey, Humphrey Bogart. In a when when you can have a movie with dynamic light and shadow, and it's in black and white. Humphrey Bogart can become the most beautiful man in in the world, and he's not. But like he totally is in those movies. Like like right. so. But the position of the psychotic is 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 unable to. It, it takes cultural messaging literally. And is unable right. to see the the work of fiction. That's sort of the position of the psychotic. And and I, I like I see this all over the place. Like we were bro- we were raised by TV to say that everyone would have multiple people to have sex with. Look at Friends and like like I I, gave, I said this on the previous podcast of like Ross Geller as the as the example of the of the insult. This like this guy who. Um, this, whose character in, um, perhaps invented the term friend zone or friend zoning um, on, on the show. Like it, it's pretty charmless, uh, like, like in like insecure. Um, yeah. And, but in the beginning is, is with the, maybe the, the most attractive uh, um, actress, like of like a mini generation and then is with her again at the end. And it's just, but again, it's like that's the, it's a show. It's like it's it's it's, it's fiction. There's other things. There's other things going on. It's not. It's not that it's not. Uh, again, like as we've said before in other episodes, like you do have to take it to be real, but you don't have to take it as like the ultimate sanction of what reality should be. That is the the, the in line with the position of the psychotic. Right. I feel like that's really that's really true. That the that taking the fiction as literally true yeah like that seems like and I, I think you're right like that is a that is a psychotic dimension but i also think like like i mean i'm not sure that i would call incel as such psychotic but i do think it i think it 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 can easily tip over into that like yeah. i think it does i mean i i i think that it in the case of obviously the case of the dayton shooter that's a psychotic some kind of psychotic break occurred and that's what happened it's a real question, like how you re- like what? How does a psychotic relate to the other's enjoyment versus how does a neurotic relate? Like, is mm-hmm. it? And and I feel like the neurotic, what what's like there is the fantasy of the enjoying other, but there also is this, and I think this is the key term, and this is why you said you take that you take the fiction as absolutely true. Like mm-hmm. the neurotic instills doubt. So yeah. there always is this yeah. element of doubt. Like is the other, I'm not sure, like I get this command, like and I'm not sure if the other is really enjoying, like yeah. I'm not sure if that is really what enjoyment is. And so, and I feel like that, 
that's not what the incel, the incel doesn't respond with that kind of doubt. The incel is sure. And so I, in this way, yeah. I think your link to psychosis is right. Like the incel is sure that when, when I see those, everybody gets to enjoy but me, then I, I think they really are enjoying themselves. And I think that's the key, that's the key, you know, I don't know what psychic problem with that work in the incel phenomenon. Yeah, no, no, I think this is great. We're going to, and we're going to pull this out to, to, um, sort of see that like the incel phenomenon kind of like, uh, it, it doesn't itself designate, but there, there's a way that, um, uh, sort of surprise, surprise that we can uh, see that this is, um, in a way, a response to, um, uh, capitalism and fetishization. And it is, uh, a, and of course, uh, how it turns, I mean, I don't, again, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like it turns toward, uh, racism and misogyny, um, instead of looking at a, uh, larger system, but we'll, we'll get there. Right. No, but I think that's really good because I feel like, you know, it, isn't it about to a change in the way the capitalist system is structured that, you know, like that, that I think for a long time, the message of, of, I don't know, of, of Western capitalist society was something like accept your castration. Yeah, yeah. Like that was the predominant message. Like, accept your castration, work your, be a good person, work mm. your job, retire, get your benefits, and then and and die. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. that was the, you know, have your kids, do like all mm. that. And and today, that's not the predominant message of right. Western or of of the not Western anymore. The global capitalist universe i mean the predominant message is if you're not spending all your possible time enjoying yourself Mm -hmm. then you're you're wasting your life and i think that's the so it's it's a it's in in response to that message i think that incel that all of a sudden the being confronted with one symbolic castration because that's what incel is right Right. you're confronted with your own failure to enjoy your your symbolic castration and i feel like that's it's it's only when it becomes an it it becomes imperative that you do enjoy yourself at all times mm-hmm. that symbolic castration becomes a badge of shame not a badge of honor like i think yeah i mean wouldn't you say that the great what do they call the greatest generation like that yeah. this that's that that symbolic castration wasn't a bad thing that you know working a job from 9 to 5 and and you know n- not all the time enjoying yourself, but accepting that you have to sacrifice things. Like, wasn't that, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, isn't that, isn't there a kind of shift that makes the, the notion of symbolic castration shameful now today in a way that it wasn't before? Don't you think? I do. Well, um, as you're saying this, like there, there was a, um, there's a, a tweet that got sort of shared widely, like not that long ago where somebody, somebody tweeted like, um, something like is, so is life just uh, going to work, listening to podcasts, seeing people, and then you die? Because like, if so, like I'm like like I'm, I'm, I'm done. Like you know, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, is that all that that it is? Like you're just supposed. And in that sort of in that like, um, I don't know, plaintive, but possibly uh, genuinely suicidal question, like. It is this thing which is like so I have to spend like all of my time I have to spend I have to spend enjoying or yes or, or do or working for someone or or whatever and I and 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 I just have to do it. I have to fill up my entire time with that and there is no um 
Like there's no future there, right? Like that's like the that's like the uh, like the 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 curse of the like relentless present, which is like one of the most right. like ideological ideas. Like oh, just live in the moment, right? Like that's the right, actual. Man. This is the actual like hard kernel of that being like a terrible thing. Like if you are living relentlessly in the present, you you come to that person that tweeted that, and it was shared because a lot of people feel the same way, which is like, well, actually, if I have to live for everything in the present all the time, I actually have nothing to live for. Right. And that's a, that's really well put. I think that's absolutely right. And I feel like I love the connection you're making between this live for the moment or live in the moment yeah. and this constant imperative to enjoy yourself. I feel like those two things, I don't think we often see the connection between those two, yeah. but I think you're right that they're connected. I was just, I just happened to glance at this thing that, you know, Kim Cottrell is, I think she was on Sex in the City. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So this was on, I think, Guardian. She said, if I don't, I, if I don't feel like I'm, enjoying every minute of my every moment of my existence mm. it's a waste so i thought yeah. i thought man it's perfect that she was on sex in yeah, the city yeah, because yeah. that's the ideology of that show but i felt like man that's and her just, character me, actually but anyway and continue. her character yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely so it's good that she was playing a real, a real yeah she took her character <laughs> seriously um but i feel like that's and then and then you can ma- imagine like if you're so you've lived your life here whatever 20 19, 20, 22, and you never had sex, then in in the face of that, you feel like, oh my God, I, I'm, I'm completely, I'm not, I, everyone else is doing this. Right. Everyone else is enjoying themselves all the time and I'm not doing it. So I feel like that's, it's clearly a symptom, incelism is clearly a symptom of the contemporary capitalist moment. I right. Think, in that right. sense. It's, yeah. So this is, it's, it's interesting to, to, to treat, Okay, so this is kind of what we're trying to do. Uh, like, I'm going to give some examples of of how m- most often uh, in internet culture, the idea of an incel it's a it's about like your you is an attempt to name and shame behavior and to quarantine it so that it doesn't like spread. When that act fails to see how the incel attitude is really general among, especially like like I think American uh, conservatism. And which is something we'll, uh, you know, we'll get to. But so to see this as a as a as a quilt. Well, I think it's yeah. around the world, don't you think? Like, I mean, the AF Day in Germany. The, I yeah. mean, don't you see these? You know, Marine Le Pen, and you know, she's not an incel. Obviously. No, no, no. <laughs> in France, but yeah. I mean, I feel like there, you you see the similar the the Bolsonaro in Brazil. Like, yeah. I feel like there, it's it's not an un. It's it's not a it doesn't seem to me isolated to the U.S. No no you're right you know what I'll be bolder with it I just I'm I'm I like I think I probably this is a this is some 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 liberal shame that I need to divest myself from of like 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 all oh, the American thing shouldn't be general for the rest of the world but but I think for certain things yes but for that this in particular I think it's it's probably absolutely true and, yeah but yeah. I think I just think I, I I understand that and I agree with you about yeah. that but I do feel like that that so many I mean, we live in such a like global capitalist yeah. world that I just don't think we have a monopoly on things. No, and I don't that's think totally it's totally true. Right. Well, you're right. Oftentimes, it's n- not like we're exporting it. It's all it's you can't even say who exports it and who imports it. You know, it's like who where does it originate? Who knows? It's but kind of between the two. You know what? You just made me realize that 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 um, 
that liberal shame of like, well, don't assume that the American thing is the general for the rest of the world. That's actually a backdoor way of American exceptionalism. I had not put that together until just, just now. Like uh, I a, wasn't trying to say that. No, I know that, but I think that's the point. I think that's it. Well, that's the, that's the yeah. whole, like, it's true. Like, it, like by not seeing, by not seeing certain, I mean, and this comes out and I mean, it's just a brief little tangent on like, um, uh, on like American exceptionalism, like we, like conservatives like to practice this about universal healthcare, which is like the less and also gun control, like the lessons of the rest of the world cannot apply here. Like we're, it's like, right. a, like a reverse right. kind of exceptionalism. Like we're too particular. We're too different. We're too big. There are too many States and too many different kinds of people, blah, 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 blah. Like right, we, right, those right, kinds right. of things can right. never work. And it's, so it is interesting how, like how and where, um, exceptionalism like plays in uh, to, uh, to current the, the U.S. and it always, always, always serves status quo conservatives, conservative republicanism and, and capital, like always. And capital, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, so okay, so briefly, um, this is um, so the incel thing happens mostly online on Twitter, Reddit, um, 4chan, and 8chan, uh, which was the. Oh, wow. can, can I ask you a question yeah, just quick? And this is just for my information, but maybe sure. everyone would want to know this. But mm-hmm. Is so incel never they never get together off in real life? Um, I think so. There's a overlap between incel and gamer culture. So sometimes I think that like the people like the gamer chat rooms like. Uh, Twitch or just like individual people's Twitch streams or just um, like playing games online are sometimes like incubators for this. Uh, yeah, but this again, those that's not actually getting together. No, in real it's, life. it's not. I mean, like this is part of, so, okay, this is part of the, the this is one of the things that's part of the incel uh, stereotype is it is, is someone alone. Um, right. and like interacting with the computer, only interfacing with the computer that they have no real actual friends. And it is, I, and I think that if th- I actually think it's critical, I don't know, maybe there are incel meetups. I have no idea, but like, don't yeah. you think that it's critical that they don't meet in real life? Yeah. yeah that's why I asked that question. Yeah. Cause I really yeah. think it's a, absolutely imperative because I think it's a lot harder to, and what incel is is basically you. You said this to me before the, before we started talking, and and I think it's exactly right that it's a, a vowel of symbolic castration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but interestingly, uh, uh, right, an attempt to consciously avow symbolic castration. But interestingly, a disavowal of the other's castration. Right. So that's a that's a fascinating combination, I think. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but I, I I wonder if you can do that face to face. You know, when you're actually with people, like I feel yeah, like it's, no. I feel like it's harder to avow your own castration yeah. when you're together with people because I think it's too shameful. Like I feel like the the shame of it, you know, like the last line of the trial, it was if the shame of it would outlive him. Like I feel yeah. like <laughs> I feel like the the I feel like the shame of it just is too overwhelming face to face. You know, like when yeah. you're confronted with the other in the actually present there and and whereas online i think you for one thing there's a kind of anonymity online right and you can just make crap um, up and and then you can make things and up and, they, that, and you, that persona yeah 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 i don't know what do you think of that think? Uh, um i do i think it's um i think that it's like um the the world the online world like it, it, it you have to live 
to, to continue to live in that online world of this, like this, uh, ad hoc oppressed community, you have to live your regular life in a way that courts the very oppression that you're going to later complain about yes. online. It's in a way, you know, to say one thing nice about Foucault, um, the, you know, he has that really great line that when you, you, you need to generate the, um, the crime that you wish to like, uh, like suppress, like you like to, to when you make something illegal, like you actually, you have to, you have to create it as well. Like yes. else it's, it's pointless. I think the same thing is, is at work here is like when you, when you identify this way, you, you have to, f- everything you see has to, to validate, um, your, your, your new, your newfound uh, like identification as an incel. And that includes not, that includes being alone. And right. It includes not having friends, yeah, right? Like th- friends. so that, yeah. that's a way in which if you got together outside, you know, in real life mm-hmm. and had a couple beers or whatever people do together. See, I don't think they're that, I don't think they're that old. That's the other thing. I think it is, it's, it's, it, it skews younger than okay. that. But okay. yeah, but, a couple sodas, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like I feel like a malt, a malt milkshake. (laughs) I feel like once you do that, you, you just, what you said, you, you defeat the very logic of the, of the identity of incel because Mm -hmm. you're already saying like, look, I have a, I have friends that I can hang out with and right. Like incel depends upon your isolation. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it also, transition it also depends it depends on hate because this is i just think is so funny um or finding a way to like to i don't hate is just such like a general word that the mainstream media likes to throw around so i'll just i, I, will, I know i know like i'll say like um it depends on um on, on misogyny and, and racism so this i just think is so funny on reddit there's a subreddit called incels without hate which is like i mean that tells you like a kind of all you need to know um, and this is the description of it is a subreddit for people who have struggled to obtain sex and intimacy. So already this, <laughs> this is a little, uh, there's a little bit of an issue with the way we're talking about it. Um, right. but okay. Um, we strictly forbid hate and want to provide a positive and helpful community. That's, uh, oh, that sounds nice. So 9,800 uh, 9, members. Okay. So basically no one. Basically no one for the internet. Right, so right, the next right. one up, this is the subreddit is MGTOW. And this is the actual, this is like the incel subreddit. This is the incel one. Yeah. And it, it is so great. MGTOW. I thought you were talking about incels. What does that have to do? Okay. It's it's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll read it first and then I'll give the, the, the perfect example. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. This subreddit is for men going their own way, MGTOW, forging <laughs> their own identities and paths to self-defined success. And it's like... It's this is it's just like Holocaust denial or or any or anything like this. You don't start with the thing itself. You never Holocaust denial always starts with something like, "Would you know? Don't you uh don't you know that in Germany you can't question the Holocaust? Yeah, that's that's a, that, that, that's a suppression of free speech, don't you think? Oh yeah, I'm a big you know I'm a libertarian. I believe in free speech. Well, why don't we talk about that? It always starts with something like that, like this thing that's like, right, right, oh right. yeah, I like and it and it plays on Americans' self interest in in this like a priori belief that like again you should be able to say whatever you want, right? Like that's that's right. kind of and then you get to the Jews. Con- controlling the world for everything later, right? Like you, you don't, you backload that. You don't, you don't lead with that. You don't right. lead with that. No, no. Right. Um, right. And, and so this is the same thing here is you don't lead with the, um, with the racism and the misogyny because someone like in the beginning might have shame about that. You just lead with this, like 
I don't know, almost like corporate kind of positivity. Like this reminds me of when I worked at Walmart. And like, I know I've told you this before. There's never any problems at Walmart. There are only areas of opportunity. (laughs) And like the best example of this, this, I mean, this really, this really happened. I'm not, I'm not making up this story is I was working very early one morning and um, somebody came in and the Walmart that I worked at, I mean, most of them are laid out the same way, uh, but like uh, it's, this is pointless, but whatever electronics. And then there's like toys and, uh, then there's like sort of sporting goods is nearby. Right. And I saw this, um, I saw this, uh, this woman walk in with a dog that was being trained to be, uh, uh, an assistance dog, right? Like a seeing eye dog. Okay. Yeah. And the dog, uh, the dog took a shit in sporting goods. (laughs) It was just like, that's what it did because it was, it was nervous. It was nervous. And it was like, like right. the person right. clearly took it out early in the morning because like there weren't going to be a lot of people and they're like clearly were right. like worried about like, but the dog was very, very nervous. And over the walkie, over the walkie, um, I heard there's an area of opportunity for <laughs> a, I forget the Walmart term for like a janitor, but like for a maintenance worker in sporting goods. And I thought, <laughs> my God, I was like, that is some prized <laughs> sanitation of the of the situation. It's an air. It's a it's dog shit. It's dog shit on the That's floor. Great. That's what it That's is. So like great. it's not. So, uh, but anyway, this is the same thing. Like subreddit for men going their own way, forging their own. Right. Oh, it sounds so positive. And great. Okay. So then there's 123,000 members of this group. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. And so then we yeah. can go to the next one. This is incel tears, like crying tears, not like levels. So incel tears. Okay. This um this is nine. I'm sorry, 293,000 members. And so here's three the, times as many. Three times, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 almost three times as many. Yeah, okay. So Incel Tears is a part mocking, part watchdog subreddit for posting screenshots of hateful, misogynist, racist, violent, and often bizarre content created by incels, hateful, involuntary celibates, which right, we already did that. We do not condone blanket hatred of virgins or the romantically <laughs> unsuccessful, only those who self-identify as incel. Now, I think that it's really... So, okay, when you say... Th- that's like... I, like I, I've said this to you before. That's like, um, how many times do you have to say, I'm not a racist? I'm not like to defend yourself that way to, when the, but when it actually confirms the opposite or well, I think, don't you think that th- this is, this is maybe one of Freud's greatest points that the unconscious never has no negation. So yeah. that every time yeah. you put the no in front of something or the not in front, like when, when you say to some, when you profess, just like you said, I am not a racist. Yeah. Like the very act of professing it is the act of of confessing it, right? Yeah. Like you're you're confessing your racism. Trump had the best one. He because he until very recently would say, "I'm the least racist person." I'm the least racist person. Which, yeah. <laughs> and someone had to have gotten into it. it's like you're kind of saying you're a racist, and then he must have said for like years, "No, I'm not." And then like it finally got to him, and now he just says, "I'm not a racist." And or and he's gone to doing the like deny, deny, accuse thing, right? Where it's like, oh, yeah, 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 anyway. Yeah. But yeah, no, but, that's exactly But right. I, so I think that's good. And I think, I mean, both of these, so so the, it effect, it, it, it touches on the first incel one too, right? The, yeah. We're the incels without hate. Like if you, <laughs> yeah. like, like we don't, you know, like anytime you have to say we don't condone any of these things, like yes. that means you, like it means psychically, you are invested in those things that you're saying you don't condone. And I think, or you yeah. realize that that's the, where the logic of your position leads. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's really evident yeah. in this one, that yeah. that it's actually about shaming mm-hmm. or getting, finding joy in shaming 
the people who are sexually Wait, it's yeah, romantically unsuccessful. Yeah, it's romantically unsuccessful. That's some kind of euphemism, right? I think that I mean, I actually think that's a euphemism taken from incels. Like that's the other thing that I, th- I find is so. Right. The, the last right. line of this that I want to say, incels blame women, their genes, attractive men, and society at large for their inability to get dates or sex. Okay, anyway, um, this so one of the things that I wanted to talk about do in this podcast is that like, this is how incels are treated mostly online, which is again, it's just like quarantining, this like pointing yeah. and 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 shaming, but it's also, there's an ideological uh, component to this too, that I hope like people have been able to see, which is that we can defeat this through knowledge. Like, like if we like accrue a database of these behaviors, then it will like, it'll eliminate it. And, and, and it's, again, it's a watchdog subreddit for this. Like, again, it's like we're, we're building like a, like a library of evidence and then like, once it's like that, what is that the Asimov story? The nine billion names of God. Like if we name all, yeah. all the names of God, then the universe will end. Like if we can get all the screenshots of all the insult behavior, then it, it will happen or. Yeah. I don't even get the logic of it really. Like how, how does, how does observing it put a stop to it? Don't you have to, I mean, isn't the whole point to interpret it and see what's driving it? Rather, and then that's the only, it seems like to me, that's the only way to really address it. Not to, like, if you observe it, all you do, you're going to observe it getting larger, right? Yeah. Well, that's, so that's exactly it. And this is, so one of the things I wanted to do, I mentioned Friends, like, and I've mentioned it like I don't like that show. I do like that show. And one of the things I wanted to be, because I've said this many, many times on this podcast, that you cannot generate a, a meaningful critique that doesn't include you in it. Like particularly like like of of um, of of racism and, and and misogyny and so what I wanted to talk about just like um, for a little bit are I had two things two movies that I like that I, I I would say are incel adjacent and they would never end up on the subreddit and I don't think people would generally associate them with being part of this phenomenon but I I think this will you know hopefully lead to well this will lead to us talking about a larger thing about where um these these ideas are um are at work in in just in um well basically just in ideology i think is is probably or it'll lead to us talking about the movies which is what we'd rather talk which is what we'd rather talk about yeah so (laughs) anyway good yeah no so going chronologically the first one is and i really love this movie is high fidelity and the first half of the movie um john cusack if you haven't seen it it's based on nick hornby book i think the book's pretty good um the, that is about a guy who is a record store owner who's kind of curmudgeonly, um, not exactly charming, but he's played by John. He's Cusack. a record snob, too. He's a record snob. Yeah, he's a rock yeah. snob. And his uh, girlfriend breaks up with him. And it's like totally 100% his fault. This isn't, you don't know this until later in the movie, but like um, he, so he begins it by giving his like top five breakups. Okay. And so okay. he, he starts with one that happened when he was like 15 and 16, uh, when he was, uh, kissing, he was making out with Allison Ashmore under the bleachers for, uh, before the, um, after school, but before the Rockford files, like for two okay. days. Um, okay. and then on the third day he went and she was with some other guy, Kevin Bannister. And he was with okay. a friend of his and his friend just like supporting him just yells like slut at her. And then he, Rob Gordon, the character says that, um, you, you know, you would think years later that like skin has grown 
my, my skin has grown thicker, instincts more developed, and uh, like he, he would understand women more. But he says there's an element of that in everything romantically that's happened to him ever since. And the whole first half of the movie is Rob Gordon blaming all these women that he's been with for, like, his problems. And this... So what the movie does to, like, redeem... Like, the movie does... um, the, The point of the film, eventually, is that he... I think that this is what the trajectory of the film is, is that you go from watching this guy who doesn't realize he's a misogynist, but he totally is, to become yeah. not a misogynist and uh, and to recognize his own uh, lack. That's what that's what I think the, the movie could, could, especially by 2019 standards, could do like a little bit better. I think the book is maybe a little bit better on this point because it has more you know time to play with character development, etc. Than a film tends yeah, to. Yeah. Interesting. Um, can I can yeah, I say something? Can yeah. I ask you a question? Yeah. I really like that example. And yeah. isn't it isn't it fascinating that that in some sense the definition of misogyny is not believing that women lack. Yeah. Yeah. You know, isn't that mm-hmm. funny? Like it's not yeah. it's not that oh, I think that they're just lacking and yeah. not as good as men or like it's 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 in some psychic way the exact opposite. It's that women have a certain privileged relationship to yes. enjoyment that they're lording over me, mm-hmm. that they're that they're they're denying to me. Mhm. And there's and a that's secret what, community it, of men who can only ever be a part of it, and I will never be. Maybe, one of them. or I mean, I think there is a kind of massage that says no man can be, yeah, be a okay, part of it. Yeah, okay, that's right. right. Yeah, but you're right. I think the, I think the incel version is there's a secret. There's a certain group of men that are allowed to access that as well. Like they're always six. They're always six three, ripped abs. Like this is right. And they're the, football player, whatever. And it's but it's but it's based. It might as well be a, a guy who bear, who doesn't even exist. Like like it. Because it's not like that. That's sort of the the idea. Right. This is how it enforces the idea. Because it's like the the only man that could satisfy like the, like like women, just any woman, is a, is is a man who doesn't exist. And right. And no, so I then, think that's absolutely true. Yeah. And that's and that yeah. supports the whole. That supports the the the, the misogyny because it, it keeps in place that like. Not only not only are women non lacking, but the, the, they're like able to also find like you know non lacking men, right? Like I think there's there's that too. They're like the like there's like a primal father for 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 all these for all that's these women. right, right, right. Yeah. I mean that's the fantasy, right? Yeah. That there yeah. that there is a primal father that can uh, manage to enjoy the non lacking women. Yeah. And I think that's mm-hmm. the that's the key. That that figure is key as well. And 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 you know for. For the incel, there's a few men that stand in for that primal father, but mm-hmm. basically that's who that's who the fantasy figure is. But I do I find it fascinating that when we think of fetishism, mm. I think too often we think like if you think of Laura Mulvey's famous essay, Visual Pleasure and yeah. Narrative Cinema, mm-hmm. she thinks of fetishism as disavowing it's about the man disavowing his own castration. Mm. Right? Like ultimately, that's the that's the end point. That's the goal. Like if, yeah. like initially, he's just disavowing the castration of the woman, but ultimately, right. it's because he wants to disavow his own. But I think what mis- misogyny really is, and what incel as a as a as a synecdoche for misogyny mm-hmm. is about, is about denying the castration of the of the woman, mm-hmm. like denying the woman's castration, so as to imagine, so as to keep alive that fantasy of some kind of unrestrained complete enjoyment mm. 
Mm. And that's, I think that's the logic of misogyny. So it's not about, I don't think it's about, I think for all that the incels talk about their own castration, I think in a way it's not even about that. And that's why it can be so easily avowed. It can yeah. be so easily avowed because it's yeah. never about that. It's no, Cause, it's not, well, cause it's not, it's not, um, well, it's not actually confronted. Like you just, like if you, again, if you complain about all of this, this stuff, if you complain about all this stuff that's not happening to you and it's every, it's everybody else's fault, it seems like you're owning your castration, but you're, you're not, you're keeping it at bay. Um, I guess, but I, Ryan, I'm not sure. I don't think it's that hard to devalue your own castration, frankly. Okay. Like, I, don't, I just don't think it's because, because it's like, you know, Nietzsche says this thing, which I always thought was stupid. He says, <laughs> if, if there is a God, mm-hmm. I could never stand not being God. Hmm. And I thought, well, that's dumb. <laughs> like, if, like, why would I care? Like, I don't, but mm-hmm. I think like the, the horrible thing is to accept that God is lacking. Right? Yeah, like right, that, right. And mm-hmm. I think it's not to accept that I'm, that I'm not, I mean, I think all of us can say, oh, I'm not God, I'm flawed, I blah, 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 blah. Sure. I, I don't experience full enjoyment. I mm-hmm. mean, all of us would confess that and avow that. Mm-hmm. But I think what we can avow is that God itself or women uh, are themselves not, that even their enjoyment is lacking. And mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think that's the, that's the logic of misogyny and incel. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it does like, and it has the, I, this is why it also goes hand in hand with, with racism. Cause it's the same, it does come from the same kernel, which is like this, this notion that there is a secret enjoyment of the other that is like whole and complete and it is inaccessible to you. And that like this, I mean, this is always, I mean, this even works, this even works in class, I think as well, like, which is that there is a secret enjoyment of the, the, the poor person. That like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think I brought this up in the podcast before. The figure of the the uh, Republicans always bring this up. The the person in poverty or the person on food stamps that has an iPhone, like like right, that right. like they they shouldn't be in like enjoying at all. Like like yeah. But all, not only that, that they can enjoy at all. Like it needs to be it just absolutely be, needs to be eliminated because haven't we done right. enough? <laughs> like have we not succeeded in our project? to totally eliminate them. And then here they are with an iPhone, just like a regular. Person. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I the, my favorite filmic example of this is it's unfortunate cause I love this movie, <laughs> but, but isn't it, isn't, this is what Slavoj attacked me for liking Titanic for this reason. Like, isn't this a problem with Titanic? Remember when, when, um, <laughs> no, this is exactly. Rose- yes. No, it, 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 I mean, cause in this view, I know where you're going in this view. Titanic is all about this vampiric relationship between the the rich and the poor, right? Like for for Rose to live, she had like Jack has to die. To, to no, 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 no. I, no, I was going to talk about that famous scene where so so Jack and Rose are up. They're up in this stuffy dinner party, okay. right? Mm-hmm. And it's boring, and it's like the, oh, yeah. everyone mm-hmm. everything is proper, and it's all very upper crust, right? And then Jack goes, "Hey, I'll take you somewhere else." And then they go down, and there's like wild dancing yep. and drinking and it's like yeah. really fun and it's in steerage right? right and so i think like isn't that i mean that seemed to me like that really buys into the same the same logic of misogyny racism and yeah and class exploitation right the way yeah. in which the victim of it yes is actually the figure of of 
pure enjoyment. Oh, no, great. That's a great filmic example. And I'm glad you, you've come to the party with an example of something that, that you like that is part of the problem. Yes. Be, uh, yeah. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Right, right. So that's I'm, I'm joining you with that. So. <laughs> okay, so now so Billy Pilgrim. Let's move on. Oh, Scott Pilgrim. That's pretty funny. That's nice. <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> Billy Pilgrim is in. That's in Slaughterhouse-Five. Billy, yeah, Vonnegut. Billy, yes. Billy Pilgrim has become unstuck in time. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Scott Pilgrim, I, I think, um, I actually, I, so, okay, so with High Fidelity, the, the um, I, just just a little, little thing on this. When I was in um, high school, which was like a little bit after the movie came out, it was like really big with like people I went to high school with and, and circles of friends. And it was sort of ended up being like kind of a litmus test about whether you liked the second half of the movie or if you just like the first half of the movie. And I remember okay. I, this occurred to me recently that most of my friends uh, and people I knew only liked the first half of the movie when Rob is just this total misogynist. And it's like kind of more about, it's more about the music man. And then the part where there's right. like character development and he's not a misogynist and it's all his fault. And romance. And romance. And he, and he recognizes it. They didn't like that part. And that was a part that I really liked. I, uh, not to, I'm not trying so you're, to. So you actually just, you, you kind of bailed yourself out. Right? I did so just you, bail myself. You, yeah, no, I, I just took myself out of this. I probably shouldn't have done that. So, um, but, but I didn't, yeah, all right. That was shitty of me. I <laughs> know, oh, it's okay. Go. No, no, no. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but that's that's but this is the thing is that like I can't um I mean as I'm fond of saying like I cannot like I can't distance myself. Like I like the I like the whole I like the movie and I can't just say like oh I just like the second half of the movie and I, I don't I don't I don't support the the, the first half, which I mean I would well, say Well because that. you're a rock snob too, I think. I think you? I am a little bit. Yeah, I used to yeah, have yeah, I gave yeah. I gave a book to a student that I cherished, uh, but it was called The Rock Snobs Dictionary and it's a uh, wonderful little book, but um anyway, the because the thing is this happens a lot with figures like uh, Lovecraft, who I sometimes teach because, you know, I did a horror film class. And and what people will try to do is they'll do one of two things, which is like, oh, his racism and misogyny were products of the time. So we're not going to talk about it. We're just going to talk about the weird fiction part, which is a cop out. The other one is, well, we're not going to talk about it, but we're not going to pretend it doesn't exist because that would be unfair. So we're going to like, we're going to mention it. This happens in sometimes like, uh, when people do Lovecraft adaptations, they just like, they put it in there and it's like, we're going to not pretend that it's not there. This happened in a recent Lovecraft video game called the sinking city. This oh, is like a disclaimer in the beginning that, that they say that, but in a way I think it also doesn't deal with it because what, and this is sort of my like sort of third position, which is that um, you have to deal with how it's Lovecraft makes a perfect example like, and I'll come back to how the high fidelity works as well in a second, but for his particular brand of like weird horror, which is ex- yeah. almost exclusively the fear of a like non lacking, impenetrable, and frightening other, that is completely that's that's just it's that's all it's baked into misogyny and racism right. and xenophobia. So, like, in other words, in other words, you can't separate it from the very every way that you enjoy the Absolute, actual thing. Itself, absolutely right? not. And it's the same thing for right. me. For me to enjoy the second half of the movie, doesn't the first half of the movie have to exist? Right. You know? Right. Like, so, like, I can't, I, I can't separate it. Like, like that's, that's the end. And on top of it, too, like, it, it, it it's a sort of, like we were talking about in the last episode, like, 
um, for me to, to like, uh, I don't know, to profess to like enjoy it in a better way. I need these other people who, who don't see the real movie. Right. Like right. Right. No, that's really good. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, yeah. I think that actually, can I just interrupt Go and ahead, we'll please. come back to the, yeah. yeah. Cause I, I really, I want to, I think this touched on a really key point that, that the way, what you just said, the way my enjoyment depends on my ability to enjoy something depends upon these other people that I'm saying don't get it. Yeah. You know, like, isn't that the whole logic of the incel? Like, they, oh, they, yeah, yeah. like for that group that you're Perfect. talking about, that's keeping an eye on the incel. Yeah. Like they're, they're saying, and I, I think the, I, I wonder if what we could, if we could diagnose the precise psychoanalytic term, I was thinking that it's the point de capitaine, the yeah. quilting point. Mm-hmm. Like they, like by, 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 by pointing out them, mm. then we, we quilt the group that we belong to. And we know that we are part of this group because mm-hmm. we're not, you know, we're not voluntarily or involuntarily celibate. We're not, you know, we're not misogynist. Mm-hmm. We're not, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I wonder if that's, is that what, is that the logic at work? Do you think? I think so. Like, I think, well, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like the, is, is, is this not to borrow Slavoj's famous rhetorical construction? Is this not also the same as like the mainstream media's relationship with Trump? Like they need him. Like, like for, right, for right. like, especially New York times and, and Washington post which are owned by billionaires, right? Like owned by capitalists. Like these are right. like in the, in, in a healthy political uh, climate in the United States, like we would all be able to see that these are basically center right publications, but they right. get to qualify as left and even some, even extreme left because of, of the all right. <laughs> Who thinks they're extreme left. Really? What's that? Say it again. Who thinks they're extreme left? The right, the right does, of course, and other, and other, yeah, but, but that's, but that's, they need that to seem, yeah, to seem yeah. leftist at all, like, like in, in any way, um, they like, so it's a, um, the me- media, like, like they, well, anyway, any, any, any watchdog group on that likes to call that a parasitic relationship, but it's not, it's really mm-hmm. like, um, I don't know, symbiotic, like it's, 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 um, I think maybe I'm repeating myself from another podcast, uh, so I apologize. But um, the the bond is the bond is necessary. So it's like so. This is kind of interesting. Like <clears throat> what we're talking about with the incels here is that there's a double quilting happening, right? Yeah. Because like the the second that you can quilt the the incel group, then you can quint, quilt yourself as not belonging to it. Right. And, right, and right. that is that is good for you. And this is why I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but this is rampant on the internet. This is where the term virtue signaling comes from. You ever heard this? Yeah, I know that term. You know that term. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's kind of funny because I think that, um, like, I wish that it wasn't, like, it, it's a, it's, it would be a pretty good term if it was not, like, exclusively employed um, by, like, the alt-right to say, like, oh, you people on the left don't actually care about this thing. You're just using this to look good. And I think there's, right. like, kind of a point there. Um, yeah, there is a point to that. I think that's right. But it's yeah, but it's always used in service to be like, well, you know, um, Hollywood shouldn't uh, boycott Georgia just because of the abortion ban because they don't boycott every other country. And it's like, you know what? The actual solution, the actual solution is that like, yes, they should boycott every other country that that like like uh, uh, you know is misogynist and has these like 
like abusive practices and attitudes toward women. Like that's the solution. The solution isn't because you don't do it all the time. I don't have to care about your thing here. And so let's not talk right, about it. Right. Cause that's yeah. all, that's always, I agree. that's always the charge with the virtue signaling. And it's like, you're just doing this to look good. Let's stop talking about it. And it's like, but the, it, but the first part is good. I think, I think the first part is, 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 is anyway, yeah, you're going to talk about it, but you're right. It's a way of your point is though, that it's a way of like, just, pushing it under the carpet altogether, yes. the issue that's yeah. at stake. Yeah, right. I agree with that. But I, I, I want to, this virtue signaling, I find it interesting because in a way, it, I don't think it's psychically strong enough though, right? Like it mm-hmm. isn't more at stake than just signaling virtue. Like yes. yeah. if it's if it's really functioning as a quilting point, then mm-hmm. my very psychic identity is at stake in naming myself not an incel, mm-hmm. right? Like in, in making clear to everyone that I do not belong to that group of involuntary celibates, right? And I think yeah. it's funny because uh, when we were getting ready to, to record the episode upstairs, <laughs> my, one of my sons said, what episode are you doing? And I said, oh, it's going to be on incels. And he's like, what's that? And Hillary, my spouse, said, that's a group Todd wishes he could belong to. <laughs> so, Which is, of course, weird because it's funny because, of course, no one would... I I, did, I once wanted to be a monk, so I think that's what she was oh, hinting at. Although they're voluntary celibates, right? I mean, so the joke had a whole long thing. Um, <laughs> but what's interesting is I don't think anyone would want to belong to it. Like I think part of the and I think so. I, I think it's much more at stake than just making clear that I'm virtuous. Mm, it's mm. instead saying my identity is not like I'm not one of these figures of of shameful symbolic castration well and i think and i think that um there is a utility in naming and uh i'm gonna purposely use this word erecting a uh, a figure of (laughs) like cartoonish misogyny yeah 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 to not deal with like you, you know as i've given many times on so okay, so to to shame to shame cartoon misogynist counts as feminism, perhaps. And as I've said right. on this podcast many times, like I really prefer Bell Hooks's definition of feminism, which is that it is like you know it is it's anti-racist, like anti-misogynist, anti-capitalist. Like that's what feminism is. And so yeah. if what instead you're doing is you are like holding up a cartoon version of misogyny as this thing that you are clearly against then it does allow you to not deal with the capitalist part with the racist part like like it's it, it, you 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 never have to get into you never have to get into the part where you maybe indict yourself and, and right which and, is the yeah. point that you wanted to make about yeah, the, yeah. about both films right yeah, I think yeah that's right, right 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 i didn't get to scott yeah. program but it doesn't i mean it doesn't matter we, uh, i think it's, it's more i think it's probably better to, to tease out more of the theoretical ideas at, at this yeah, point yeah i mean i find that i think that's really good what you're saying and i feel like that that i mean see, i mean what you're saying is that that's the real danger of the incel phenomenon almost is not even the incel themselves right it's the way in which they are treated as and this is i think the c- crucial thing yeah. not as symptom but as outlier mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. has to be right. extirpated. Right. 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 And, and instead, <clears throat> and this was our whole interest in like, I think in, in doing the episode, like, and again, it came timely because like really, really tragically timely because of the, the Dayton uh, shooting in particular, but it, 
like looking at this phenomenon allows you to see how general it is in the right wing turn uh, globally and how um, how operative this is like like politically. And again, like you can't I keep using the word quarantine like you like I think people like to think that it's um, it's all it's an online phenomenon. And like when. I mean, this is even one of the, this is one of the incel defenses. Like when people post like, like that guy, the Dayton shooter, he was in a band and, and like had like wrote songs and put them online about like raping and killing women. And then he killed women. He killed his sister. Right. Like, and one of the defenses is like, most of us would never really do that. And it's like, oh, you've like we said earlier, you've already said that some of you would do that. Like you, you, in your defense, you confirmed the opposite like that, like the defenses, most of us would never do it. And, and I think that it does need to seem outlier rather than the, um, that which defines the species, you know, Um, or yeah, symptomatic. I think that's right. Yeah. I think it's, that's really, I think, I think that's incredibly important. I, I, I guess I, I want to, if we can turn just for, to one other thing that I, I think that. Oh yeah. Speak. I just want to be clear. Species. I didn't mean people. I meant as. I know you know what I meant, but like, I know what I meant. as as like the yeah. the species yeah. of the of the of the problem symptomatic, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if okay, okay. So I wonder if so a couple things. Mm-hmm. So so isn't incel phenomena a product of the genetic understanding or biological understanding of subjectivity? Yes, I think that is pretty good. So that they're they're saying like I got this unfair genetic deal. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason why I'm ostracized. Right. And someone else got a good deal and thus they're in the, they're, I was going to say, they're, they're, whatever, they're in, they're in the, they're, they're having sexual relations that mm-hmm. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so that's, that, so that's, but, but of course that misunderstands the nature of subjectivity. And I think mm-hmm. that's, so, so, it's symptomatic in that way too. And I think the, the corrective would be to say that, no, like in some way, I, th- I do think that, and I think this is crucial for them not that they bear no responsibility right. for their yes, ostracism, yeah, right? Yeah, totally. And, and I think you can only hold that position if you think that subjectivity is a purely genetic or biological function. And if you think that instead subjectivity is a result of, my unconscious and how I relate to my unconscious, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Then I think you actually do bear some responsibility for where you, I mean, I think it's a hard lesson, but I think that's the lesson of psychoanalysis. I think it's yeah. that you actually do bear some responsibility for your ostracism in society or which is, or, or at least how you relate to your ostracism, which I think, which I think is what makes you desirable or not. Like, I don't think you're undesirable because you're ostracized. Right. I think you're undesirable because of how you relate to your ostracism. Yes. Yeah. I think, I think that, so uh, another, a listener suggested that, or or requested that we do an episode on nature, which I think we're, we're going to do, um, sometime soon, but I think that this is the, yes. One then the, I'll have to go outside and actually think about the natural world. That's for pretty five funny. Minutes. So, but <laughs> that'll this be hard. Is, this yeah. is one of the valences of nature that we we were going to uh, talk about, which is that like this, like this push, like this total push to bio. Like I bring it up in examples all the time. It's like why 
um, why should why should there be gay marriage? It's like, well, because they can't help it biologically, not because like it's right. none of your fucking business. <laughs> like, like that's actually should is the reason why. But you know, but whatever. Um, so, but th- this the push toward um, like seeing like biology as the like the explanatory thing. Like, I I don't know if I brought this up on on this uh, on the podcast before, but I read a, a, an interview on the guardian with um, someone who's a, um, a, a neuroscientist and they okay. were talking about the idea of fate. Have we talked about this on podcast before? No, no. Okay. Um, and the interviewer, I, I wish I remember the name was uh, asking her at the neuroscientist, like, you know, the idea about fate in ancient times, like it, it explained what happened to people. Um, and that, that the things that were negative and, and she said, right. yes. And it made it seem like it's not your fault. That was the sort of appeal to it that whatever happened to you, it was fate. It was the fates intervening and like, there was no way around it. There's nothing that you could do, et cetera. And then the interview progresses and to, for the conversation to be about like free will and choice. And it ends with her saying that like everything that she understands about biology is that like there, like there is no free will and people don't have a choice. And that's how the interview ends. And I thought that's fucking fascinating that it ends at exactly the moment where she should have been asked, wait, so how does that not let people off the hook for what they do? Right. And, right. And, I mean, isn't it exactly yeah. the same? Yes. Right. Yes. And, and so yeah. I can accept if you want to prove to me biologically, well, people have a biological reaction to this, this, and this, and, and they can't help it. I'd be like, okay, fine. I'll accept the beginning part of your premise. But what you're trying to tell me is that people have no control over their reaction to their reaction. Like, like, right. I think that's interesting. So, so the reflectivity of it is, is fascinating. And I think that's the key is that, and, but I also think, uh, I think that Freud thought that unconsciously we were free. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah, that yeah. that's a yeah. tough thing to, I think that's, my God, I mean, I think that's really hard. That's a hard, like, that you bear responsibility for your unconscious reaction. And that I think he, I think, interestingly, I, I think I would say this, that I don't I don't think we have free will, because I don't think we have free conscious will. There mm. I accept that yeah, we're yeah, caused, right, whatever. But I do think unconsciously we're free. And I think that, you know, that that we're most free when we feel this unconscious compulsion to act in a certain way, because that, because the the reason why I call it free is because it's not given by either the culture or by the genetic inheritance. Yeah. Right. So that's, so I, I think like what could more define us as who we are than this, this unconscious drive that we have that, that, that we don't have any, like our conscious control is determined in all these ways, mm-hmm, right? But mm-hmm. it's precisely our unconscious drive that is not determined in all these ways. So I think that's the, so it feel, I feel like that's what's denied, that, that nexus of freedom, mm-hmm. uh, unconscious freedom is what's denied by the in-cell phenomenon as a, because you know they're they're compl- they're not responsible at all for their involuntary celibacy, celibacy mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just it's it's the it's utterly the fault of a certain genetic predisposition, right? Right. I don't yeah. know. Do you buy that? I mean, I th- maybe that's too harsh. I don't know that. that no, well, I, no. That, I think. Well, no. I mean, I think it's perfectly consonant with what we're what we're talking about, which is that like yeah. Again, you like you have to you have to adopt a logic that indicts you. And, and I think that like to like really, I think I, to really, to really accept the unconscious, that is totally a logic that indicts you. 
in your yeah. in, in in your mm. in your actions, and and is not like um, because it. I, I think what you're getting at, which is important, is that um, it is an improper understanding of Freud to say that like, oh, it's unconscious drive, which means you don't have control over it. And right. I mean, I think in some way, like that's what can, like, it depends on what you think, what you mean by control, right? Like, do you mean conscious control? Well, no, you don't have conscious control over it, Mm -hmm. but that's what I think he would just say, that's what you are. Yeah. Like that unconscious drive. Yeah. There's no, there's no other you, there's no other you, there's no deeper, like your conscious will is not somehow more you Mm -hmm. than that unconscious drive. And so that's has to that has to be the site of your freedom if mm-hmm. if it's not there then what it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's I, I guess I think that's my position yeah so I, yeah no no I, I think so I co-sign rubber stamp okay you co-sign <laughs> so I want to get the one thing that yeah, sure. that I, I I mean not something that's something that I guess in cell the in-cell phenomena allows us to see. Sure. And that and so so we we've I think we've spent the whole hour so far laying bare the deception of it, right? Mm-hmm, the ideological mm-hmm. um, function of it. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if there isn't something that it's on to. Um, I, w- I don't want to say like a, a something they get right, but just... But, right. but, no. but, but No, I wouldn't say that, but just something that, that it leads us to... To see. To, to see, yeah. yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and that would be the way in which... And I think it is true that looks do function as this pure commodity in mm-hmm. the society right and they, they and they and they they have an almost absolute kind of exchange value yeah. right that's not and i and i do think that that's something mm-hmm. and that's a i mean i think that that's it's tough to get past that i feel like yeah well i i gave when we were scripting the scripting we were uh, uh putting together our like our notes my god if anybody saw the the notes that uh it's like a post. Oh, we don't have an actual script that we go. I yeah. thought we had a script. We had we a script. Saying. That's what we're doing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah so we we're talking pre-show. Um, I gave the, like, in support of your point, I, like, there's a lot of research, uh, like, empirically verifiable, like, good uh, social science uh, that shows that um, better looking children, which is, like, immediately already, like, a pretty problematic term, but, like, Better-looking right. children um, receive uh, better education and more close attention, like at like at lower levels of uh, of like school, like a primary school, and yeah. that helps them like achieve you know greater academic heights as they move forward. Um, right, and I think that is like it's it's interesting that this is an unconscious. This is totally an unconscious bias, right? Like, and that's that's like a, right. like a, a phrase right. of the of the, of the day. And I have, you know, you've been in education longer than, than, than I have, but I've been, uh, I've been teaching college. Uh, this would be my eighth year. And did anyone warn you of that unconscious bias? No, I've never heard that. And even in like pedagogically, like in, I've taken pedagogy courses, right. Cause right. Right. And I, I haven't seen anybody, not to say that nobody's writing about this because I just don't know, but it's not, it's not in the air of the academy yeah. or, and, and yeah. I, I, I know people who teach at like uh, different levels of education. I've never, I've never really heard anyone talk about like, well, how do we address this? And even in the, that research that like I've like read or, or been, um, 
kind of confronted with. I don't I don't think I've I saw like a solution. It's like, well, how do we eliminate like better looking kids getting like better care or people being more yeah. like yeah. tolerant or giving them like longer rope or, or, or just like make better more chances? Because it's like um you know, like, okay, I'll just, like, I'm going to make an animal example that I think makes, like, my cat is, like, adorable. She's, yeah, she's so cute. She's, a, like, a perfect cat face, I think. And okay. she wakes me up seven times a night, at, at least, to, yeah. for me to walk to her already full food bowl and watch her eat food. And if I don't get up, she will just knock down... Or, like, break my stuff in, like, increasing... It's like she has, like, a whole... She has a whole step system where she'll start with, like, this minorly annoying thing. And then she'll get, uh, like, to larger and larger things that could be breakable and irreplaceable. That's what Well, Ryan, I, I, think, I think I know what you should do. <laughs> What's that? When you go across the country, <laughs> leave the cat behind. <laughs> okay, no, because she's adorable, and I put up with it. Okay, uh, so that's okay. All right, so you're you're. That's my point. The, your your it's, point is about the looks. My point is about the will, looks. Is that the looks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it because because kids kids are annoying. Kids do that stuff. Like, and if you're at yeah. the beginning of education, you're maybe going to be a little bit more tolerant with a kid that like I don't know. Like that, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole point of the, of, of the science, which is that like how many more chances or how much more like closer care and attention yeah. is like, again, quote, a like better looking child. Again, that whole thing is, uh, uh, already a, a, a problematic term like that, that child well, is getting better. So like that, so I've never really heard like sort of that address and that is sort of like an unconscious, uh, bias that this gets to. Yeah, I think, but, but see, it's interesting because I think what people would say is there's, they would say there is nothing you can do about that. Right. I think that would be the response right. because they would say that's just a genetic, <laughs> that's just the way we're wired. That's what sure, they would say. Right. I love this term, yes, wired, yes. the way we're wired. The way we're wired genetically is to, to, be, to be more forgiving of the good looking cat or the good looking person, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and to be more exacting when someone's less good looking. And, and I feel like that's the, you know, when you talked about this quarantining of mm-hmm. the incel phenomena, like that part of the quarantining is a, not a questioning of that. And I don't, I mean, look, is the, maybe there's always going to be some standard of aesthetic, which I don't think is necessary. I don't think it has mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. much to do with genetics at all, actually. But there's going to be some aesthetic standard in it in a society, but isn't the question like, does that, does that aesthetic attribute, does that, or series of attributes, mm-hmm. does that give you an increased, does that raise your commodity value? Right. And I think yeah. that's the question. And I think, so it's only within a capitalist society where everyone is amazingly, I think today mm-hmm. turned transformed into a commodity, like all the I mean, I work out all the time, so I'm, this is a self-indictment. Like all the no, workout and all this the crap. That's the sub-theme of this whole podcast. That's the theme of the, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's the title of the episode, yeah. the self-indictment <laughs> episode. Um, but but all, the, all the working out and all that, like it's all about like forming yourself as a good commodity, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Or at least as an acceptable one. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I no longer, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm in a, in a, in a fun relationship and I don't want another one. So I'm not trying to attract someone, but I'm just, I want to, I want to I wanna be able to walk into a classroom and meet people will not be like, ugh, that's so disgusting. I can't even look at him say anything. So I just want to have that level of, you well, know, you should have so, kept, kept your mustache. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
It was long though. I don't think that, oh, right. Maybe, so does, that would have done it. You don't think yeah. it's of, you don't think it's of the era. <laughs> it's not of the era. All right, no, okay. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so I feel like that that's this this, and I wonder how how you would tie incel to. I don't know what you would call it, like the commodification of everything. Mm. Like I feel like there's something linked between those two things and this privileging of this 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 what they're responding to this this part this privilege that looks mm-hmm. gives you mm-hmm. like i wonder if that's if 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 we were if the commodity relation was stripped out of that would it still have the same psychic dynamic involved i don't know yeah i think um i suppose i would make the it's the I mean, this is part of the reason I think we should uh, do, um, I mean, we, we should do, I know it's very, very close to a, a book that you published and, and I, I know you, when we talk about, have these kinds of conversations, you like to have sort of like a side conversation about the issue, but we really should have a psychoanalysis and capitalism episode because the, the whole point is yeah, like, we've never talked about that, I guess. No, not like, that. not strictly, not like, I mean, we yeah, talk yeah. about it all the time, but like not yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. together, but I, yeah, yeah. But the, the, I think the whole point is the, is the psych, like, like what are, I don't know, like the uh, structure of psychic investment. And I do think that, um, to, to capitalism. And I think, you know, there, there are some pretty good examples. Some, somebody um, requested that we talk about uh, Mad Men, which we are going to get to. Um, but there's a Mad Men example that's like, I think germane to this conversation, which is like in one of the later seasons, there's a, um, uh, a, someone who works at a Sterling Cooper Draper price, um, it like messes up. And so I forget what the what the guy he says something wrong in a in a meeting and offends some uh, some clients who they need not to offend and he's like kind of a short guy he's like maybe a little bit balding and not totally um, not traditionally attractive I think would be the phrase uh, and right. and he's uh, like not overweight but not skinny and his voice is like a little displeasing even too like him to not like destroy this guy because he's yeah. a real person um, but like. Uh, and he asks Don Draper, uh, you know, played by John Hamm for advice. And he says, you know what you should do? I did this. I, when I messed up, I, and I got the people to come back for a meeting as I walked in and I just pretended that they, they messed up. And I said like, boy, you know, you must be embarrassed to come back into this meeting, uh, you know, and they laughed and it was great or whatever. And so this guy takes that advice and he goes to do it. And the, the when the clients you know, graciously come back and they're horrified and the guy gets fired. It doesn't work at all. It doesn't work yeah. at all. And the guy gets fired. And as he's leaving, he just tells Don Draper, he just says, I don't know if this is the exact line, but like, you're just good looking. Like everything that's special about you is because you're good looking. Like that's it. That's it. Like that's why the whole thing works. And it's like, a, I mean, for a show about advertising and, you know, and aesthetics, I mean, like it's like a, it's a very, and capital and commodity is like a very tempting point. It's like, does the whole thing does the whole thing work because of the uh, because of because of his face because he's good looking and like if that's true right doesn't that like yeah doesn't that quilt up like a lot of, of, of this issue which is that like the again the, the the what the what the incel is seeing is this like well he's just good looking and he's getting everything handed to him. Right, and right. But see, I think... Yeah. yeah go no, 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 no. Please jump in. I was going to say, I think the problem with that, I think there's something to that. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem with that is it make, makes the incel right. 
in yeah. some way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I guess I would say, like, no. Okay, for Don Draper is, you know, I find John Hamm attractive. He's an attractive guy. Totally, yeah, I'm with you. But, but he also relates to his attractiveness mm-hmm. in a certain way. And I think that's the, and I think that's subjectivity, right? Like that's the, un, that's even an unconscious, like you, yeah. like your, your attractiveness is given, mm-hmm. but how you relate to it is a whole other thing. And that's, I think yeah. the key, and I think that's what the incel doesn't understand. Because and I think, it's rooted, because their whole notion of subjectivity, sorry to interrupt, because their whole no, root notion of subjectivity is rooted exclusively in biology and not, biology, it, correct. and not the notion that like the subject can, like that the subject exceeds itself. And, right, and, you right. Know, and it's yeah. right. Like, like, like. Think of to me the ultimate argument against the incel is, and I, I've thought of. I was thinking about this quite a long time because we we've been we've been playing this episode for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, is Jean Paul Sartre right? Mm-hmm. Like one of the most legendary womanizers mm-hmm. in the twentieth century, mm-hmm. right? Unarguably, one of the ugliest. Men of the 20th century. Like he had one eye that went out in a different direction, right? He's like, he's like, he's, he's, he's not really well dressed. His, mm-hmm. He's not in good shape. He's, he's, he's addicted to amphetamines. He smokes cigarettes all the time. He's, mm-hmm. he's, you know, he's just not an appealing looking guy. Mm-hmm. And yet, and yet he, you know, there's women are throwing themselves at him. Why is that? You it's know, because of, go ahead. Oh, I was just, this is such a footnote. I, and I really do want you to finish your sentence. There's a there's actually a video game that um, that makes fun of this. Is there really? There really it's is, a yeah. short video game. It, no, 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 no. It's called uh, Near Automata. It's like a post apocalyptic, retro, futuristic kind of game. But there there's a robot named Jean Paul, and all these other robots are like throwing themselves at him, and he's terrible to them. Like he just says terrible <laughs> existential things to them. And like it's it's a, it's a really hacky. A formulation of of Jean Paul Sartre. Yeah. Like I think I I I don't know if that's kind of the point, but that's like the way that that I read it. That makes it like interesting yeah. is that like it's a hacky approximation. But these like these like you know female coded robots are like are they throw them, they throw themselves at him. So anyway, why yeah, did yeah. it work for human Jean Paul Sartre? I think it's because he of the, what you just said, like the way he exceeds himself mm-hmm. and the way he relates to his own unappealing looks, you know? And I, I think the, one of the ways, the key way that he related was the way that he spoke. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of the, a lot of his lovers would say, you know, yeah, he wasn't that great to look at, but his voice, there's something about his voice that mm-hmm. like there's, and, and I think it's interesting that the voice is one of the forms of the object A, right? Yeah, like the voice yeah, yeah. is something that's in us more than us. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. Or it can just be, even if you're not attractive, it can be the way you look at someone, mm-hmm. like a look of caring or a look, yeah. at, like that can be something that's in you more than you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that, that then, like, then you're like, and I think it's true, like, or I know a lot of comedians who are able to make their own ugliness into a, into an attractive feature of them right. because, by the way they relate to it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, you know, cause you've been in a class with me, I do this with my being bald. Like I make <laughs> my... Like I try to make my baldness into a thing that's like it's I rather than just being directly identified with me, I relate to it, and mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. as something you know, and so I feel like and for even shaving your head is a way of doing that. Right, like it's a way of of not. I t- I, I think I've told you this many times, but <laughs> some one student I, I I was talking to students in the class, and I said, "What's the difference between?" Uh, 
I forget what I said, something like being gay or shaving your head <laughs> or being bald and being gay. That's what I said, being bald and being gay. Yeah. And the, the woman, this woman raised her hand, she said, being bald is a choice. <laughs> and I, I, thought, I, I thought, wow, that's so, I said, for one thing, I just fooled you. And I said, for another thing, that's so ideological that yeah. that would be their response. Anyway, so uh, I don't know. I, so I feel like that that's the key thing is how you relate to that, to looks. And I think that's what's, that's what drops out of the incel conception yeah. of subjectivity. I mean, it's, it's a real, really, um, you know, there, there's a, I, and this is why I think it's good to have done, not that, not that I, that we necessarily structured this way, but like, it's good to have done this episode and then like a future episode on, on nature and all its, uh, different valences because yeah. there's a, the, the wider conversation here is like, uh, the incel is the grim underside of a total, uh, societal investment in uh, biology as basically determinative, yeah. like like and 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 they're in a multitude of different like ideological ways like is like contemporary society like invested in 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 in, in biology. I mean, like even like you know evolutionary psychology does this like a lot, and it's um, people will t- when 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 people see like, again, structural capitalist, like inequality, like I will just see this online, people will often resort to perhaps there's some sort of evolutionary advantage that people are seeking when like oppressing, you know, black and brown people. And, and it's like, well, if we can explain it that way, then it's like, it's, it's fine. And it's an area of opportunity and it's sanitized. It's not dog shit in the middle of sporting goods. Uh, That's a good Walmart way to tie it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Ryan. That's I think that's the lesson. I think that's the lesson. The lesson is yeah. The lesson is biology is not the answer. Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Over and out, Ryan. Over and out, Todd.